I want to tell you about a podcast you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Urtube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. The latest season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP and it busts common myths about special education. As a parent myself of a child who's had an IEP since kindergarten and he's now a 10th grader, I know how confusing, overwhelming, frustrating, sometimes daunting the whole process can be. I checked out an episode of Understood Explains called The Difference Between IEPs and 504 Plans. And what I love about it is how easily Juliana explains everything. She answers common questions that probably every parent or caregiver has. She dispels myths and is concise and to the point. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. And there's a direct link in the show notes if you need it. Finding yourself as a neutral outsider, it's not that we're all going to live in harmony and never have conflict with people, but that if you find the same people constantly inviting you onto the roller coaster, you can kind of have that, you you think about it in the calm time so that when it comes up, you say, oh, this is the roller coaster invitation. I'm not going to get on. You're listening to Make Some Noise Podcast, episode number 584, with guests Amy Wilson and Margaret Abels. Welcome to Make Some Noise Podcast, your guide for strategies, tools, and insight to empower yourself. I'm your host, Andrea Owen, global speaker, entrepreneur, life coach since 2007, and author of three books that have been translated into 18 languages and are available in 22 countries. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a lesson that will help you maximize unshakable confidence, master resilience, and make some noise in your life. You ready? Let's go. Hello, gorgeous humans. Welcome to the show. I am so glad that you're here. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm excited today because I have double trouble on. I have a duo. I have a comedic duo on the show today. But before I tell you about that, I have another thing I'm excited about, and that is that I am going to start doing weekly live streams. I know. I haven't done this in probably 150 years, but more specifically, maybe, I don't know, five to seven years. I'm going to be live every Wednesday at noon Eastern time. So that's nine Pacific. I don't know what time that is in other parts of the world, but I trust that you can figure that out. I am going to be on Facebook Live, Instagram Live. I'm going to try TikTok Live, although they have been a source of stress a little bit, (laughs) but I'm just confident it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. But I'm sure many of you are on, on Facebook or Instagram and That information will come out in emails. So if you're not already on my email list, I do not send spam. I do not send you six emails a day, but you also get a secret, private, amazing podcast episodes. I think there's three or four of them that you can't get anywhere else unless you go to andreaowen.com slash free, which you can grab it there. And then also you'll start to get my emails and reminders about these weekly live streams. I'm going to, I'm going to be teaching a lot. 
on these live streams. Some of it will be maybe stuff that you've heard on the podcast a long time ago, but I can go into more depth. And if you're there live, I can answer your specific questions or you can just come and say hi or meet really cool people in the chat. Your choice. I am pumped about that. I just am I'm kind of in 2024, I'm coming back to social media. I'm coming back to group programs. I am, I'm really, really looking forward to this year and being able to connect with you more. My audience last, the last couple of years, last eh, two or three years have been a bit of a, a bit of a challenge for your girl, Andrea, but I'm coming back. I'm coming in hot. All right. So let me tell you a little bit about today's guests. So fun. Today, I'm talking to Amy Wilson and Margaret Abels. Together, they host What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood, a weeby-honored parenting podcast with over 9 million lifetime downloads. Amy and Margaret are also the founders of Adalist Media, which I'm a part of, an advertising network for shows with predominantly female audiences like Make Some Noise. (laughs) Before getting into podcasting in 2016, Amy worked as a Broadway and television actor and writer, and Margaret worked as a comedian and screenwriter. They each have three children, now 10 to 20 years old, and they're both married to guys named David. So without further ado, here are Amy and Margaret. (laughs) Amy and Margaret, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having us. I'm so excited to have this conversation, and I love the topic that we are going to riff on today. I've never had anybody on to talk about this, and we're not here to throw anybody under the bus, although we could. (laughs) (laughs) I think everyone deals with what you two called crazy makers. Can we just start there? Can you can you both define for us like what you consider a crazy maker? Like, what does that look like? This actually came from um, Julia Cameron wrote a book called The Artist's Way. Yes. Um, we all know her for morning pages. Morning pages. Yes, okay. Exactly. We right. I, I was morning pages. Back in the day, I did my morning pages. I still think it's an amazing book. And a crazy maker, she, and I was working for a crazy maker at the time. And, you know, the scales fell from my eyes when I, when I read this, that a crazy maker just thrives on chaos mm-hmm. and wants to create chaos in other people's lives. So they're the one that will show up late for your kid's concert and you know what I mean? And then be like, I'm sorry, excuse me. I need to oh, and then like make an entrance. They just make everything. They, they literally make everything about themselves. And it's like, oh, like you have a podcast episode, you know, you're recording in five minutes. I actually need to get in that closet right now to reorganize something. That's what a crazy maker would do. And many of us are related to crazy makers or have partners who are related to crazy makers. Mm -hmm. And so it's an ongoing sort of dynamic in families that uh, we see play out. Right. Or work with crazy makers. And yeah, sure. my work partner. So I don't have a crazy maker. <laughs> I am her crazy maker. Fingers, let's be clear. <laughs> but yeah, have people in our lives on the committee that we're on or the volunteer job that we do or the work thing that we do who are just really enjoy creating chaos. And it's more than like, um, we were talking when we did our own episode on this, it's more than just like lovably disorganized and, and late, you know, and, and, and sort of like, oh, I never know where, you know where my purse is. That's not a crazy maker. A crazy maker is, oh, it's interesting that you're, oh, you're going to get your picture taken and you're going to wear your hair like that is a crazy maker. Mm-hmm. I bet Julia Cameron started out her morning pages journaling about these people in her life. And that's maybe mm-hmm. where it came from. Probably. <laughs> Hollywood is full of them. 
Oh, I'm sure. It tends to be the creatives, which is which is a lot of us. Well, and I as you were both saying that, I was simultaneously thinking of people I know in my life who've been like that. And I have had moments like that. Yes. And I'm trying to think like what what was the reason that I was doing it? And for me, because I I also think, you know, as I work in personal development, I think for many of these people, it comes from the chaos that they're used to. Mm-hmm. You know, they grew up in it. I didn't grow up in that. So I'm I'm thinking back, and the only thing I can think of is moments where I have done that. I've been in places of where I just was desperate for attention. Like I was so sad or so whatever, not my best self, and just dying for someone to take care of me and and put the attention on me because I was feeling so alone or whatever. What's your take on that? Well, we talked about this as well. And I think my mother was a family therapist and she talked about this. And again, it was such a revelation moment that for some people, uh, fighting is closeness. And that's the way they understand closeness, that to be at peace with someone takes a ton of, um, and I found this in a lot of relationships that I had, that I equated romance and passion with a lot of conflict that like if we were throwing pans at each other that meant like we are really in love and that understanding that there is available to us relationships that are peaceful and also close can be really challenging for people and I think it's always useful and I like that you start looking inward because we often talk on the podcast of like, where are we doing this in our Mm -hmm. own lives? Because it's very easy to say like, these bad people are crazy makers and that's, they're bad and I'm innocent in this. And I do think that conflict and closeness is something that's really worth looking at that. How do we find closeness with people? And I'm currently raising tweens and teens. and, And even in that dynamic, I find that, being um together in peace sometimes doesn't feel as close as like oh we're really in it together the two of us mm-hmm. and that for me has been a big distinction around this topic of crazy makers yeah i i agree with that and for me also now that you said that margaret like i get addicted to the intensity like that's mm-hmm. a lot of times what i'm drawn to again i didn't grow up in it I don't know if it's just, you know, I'm an Aries, I'm an eight on the Enneagram. It just, I am drawn to it like a moth to fire. And it's (laughs) not my favorite part of me by any means. I'm not like, it's one of my strengths to be, you know, attracted to the intensity. But it's, yeah, I like to try to have compassion for people as much as possible because it's so easy to like point the finger and like, you're bad, you're safe, you're good, you know, and it's just, it's not great. Boundaries though are huge, which I might be jumping ahead here, but I have a particular family member I'm thinking of, kind of a not an immediate family member, but on Facebook, like she was DMing me about my immediate family's stuff going on and telling mm. me what she thought I should do about it. And I'm like, excuse me, what? <laughs> First of all, we have I haven't seen you in a decade since the last family reunion. And it and I I nicknamed her the potster. Like that's what mm. I call it. Like she just and and then I kind of heard through family gossip that she had a lot of stuff going on in her life. And I wrote about it in one of my books. And then I I think some people do this because they, it feels like they're doing something, but they're ignoring all this shit in their own life. 
But they're like, but if I get my nose in this business over here that isn't really directly related to me, it feels like they're taking action and bettering their life when they're not. Right. And chaos is fun and exciting. Sometimes. It's much more exciting than, than regular life, I feel like. So if you have somebody in your life who is entering every conversation by saying like, Andrea, you seem really nice to me. I don't know why Amy says the thing she says about you. Mm -hmm. And then like exit stage left. Like that person is having fun. I mean, it's why we watch Real Housewives. It's why we watch reality TV. Like it's fun to watch people fight. I mean, fun in some sort of quotation marks, but (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there is something really, I mean, that is like, I, I I haven't worked in reality TV, but I assume there's a producer being like, okay, you bring up her cheating husband now. Like that is the fuel of all of those shows because you want to watch people in conflict and watching. I was taking a writing class recently and somebody said like, all right, let's start with some like negative emotions and interactions because a story of like Jane and Jack get along great. Right. The end, right. There's nothing to watch there. There's nothing to participate in. Uh-huh. And so people feel that need for conflict because it is really, it's more interesting than peace. I'm going to come into this a different way than either of you, because I'm extremely conflict averse. I don't like conflict. I love watching Real Housewives, but while I watch it, I'm like, I would just suck on this show because I would, if, if somebody was like, I can't believe you said that last week, I'd say, oh, I'm sorry. You're like, I just was like, I would drop it. <laughs> like, right. Oh, okay. All right. I'll make sure not to do that again. Like I'll do anything to get out of trouble. And, and so when I, so crazy makers can be dangerous in my life because I'm not great at setting boundaries and I just want people not to be mad at me. And so I, you know, get into the fixing thing. I don't, Margaret likes to say to steal her joke, she likes to run towards a fire with a can of gas, but but I'm but I'm more like, oh no, oh no. I'm like Margaret. Yeah. <laughs> so so the crazy makers, I mean, it can be so it's one kind of problem for somebody who kind of like is a little bit turned up for conflict and like, oh no, you are not gonna say that to me right now. And then it's a whole other kind of thing for somebody like me who's like, I just want everybody to get along. And so I'm going to I'm going to take this blow or internalize it or I am going to get up from the Thanksgiving dinner table to get a different kind of half and half for the crazy maker relative who's like, oh, do we not have half and half? You know, whatever. I'm going to do that to, to, to keep everything nice. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk about my take on when people say that they're conflict avoidant. We'll be right back. Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers inline and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash noise, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash noise to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash noise. 
There's definitely been times in my life where my paycheck ran out before I got paid again, and I wish I could have accessed my next paycheck a few days before I was due to get it. Well, what if I told you that can happen with Earnin? Earnin is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. You can use Earnin for anything you need to, therapy visits, rent, or even extra self-help books. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in noise under podcast when you sign up. It really helps the show. Noise under podcast. Subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Okay, before the break, Amy, you were saying that that you're averse to conflict. And I what I say about that is like, I don't think anyone likes conflict. Like, okay. I think right. everyone, unless you're an asshole, and like, and I think too, like legitimate sociopath like and i and that part i don't mean to be funny like i think if if someone like thrives on it and like really goes after it like there's some like you're not mentally well and i so i think the vast vast majority of us are are conflict avoidant and it's like what's underneath is what we really need to look at it, mm. and i love that you said um what did you say amy like uh, i'll just i'll do anything to get out of trouble mhm that's the part I and that's the work that I do. You know, it's like, okay, well, what's the conversation that needs to happen? Is it a boundary that needs to be set? Is it an illegitimate apology that needs to happen? Right. I just did a mini sode podcast on because I don't watch a whole lot of reality TV, partly because I know I'm gonna get sucked in and then I won't get any work done. I, I haven't gotten <laughs> into any of the Real Housewives since like the first two seasons of the OC, which was like in 07, which my son is named after. <laughs> One of the children in the house, <laughs> not like namesake, but it, that was the first time I heard the name Colton. I was like, I love that name. I'm gonna name my child that. Anyway, sort of embarrassing. He hates that story, by the way. <laughs> and sorry, honey, I got hooked on Selling Sunset. And so oh, oh, you're you're, I mean, you're speaking now, to the now OG the whole fan. Podcast is derailed. That's all. Okay. <laughs> I was watching it, and in both of those shows, which are very similar, they're spinoffs of each other. Whatever. There's one character named Polly, who's this gorgeous British woman. And then on Selling Sunset, it turned out to be Nicole. And shit goes down. And rarely do they take responsibility for their shitty behavior. Yes, yes, I'm like, it's literally on film. Like, you can't deny that you acted like a complete dick. And I would be too, also boring, Amy. I would be like, you know what? I said you were on drugs and that you rearranged your face. That was a terrible thing to say. I don't want to do it again. (laughs) Nobody deserves that. I'm really sorry. People watching would be like, boring. (laughs) Not born for reality TV. Yeah. Well, and I think there's a point. I mean, Amy and I talk, we're both uh, raised Irish Catholic in a very specific tradition that I think often is like, we don't talk about our feelings, you know, and I think that there is sometimes it's a culture clash and a point of view clash of 
that there is an upside to airing what's wrong, right? Amy and I are coworkers and friends. And, and there are times where we say like, Hey, let's, can we just talk through this thing? Because I'm feeling this way about it. And you're feeling that way about it. And we got to get this out of the way because I don't want to go for five years being like, I will not say anything about anything because I don't want conflict. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's a question of legitimately talking about places where we've stepped on each other's toes and that's Mm -hmm. family and that's with your kids. And so there are like boundaries and lines around all this stuff where sometimes a person who's high conflict comes in and says, this is how we're going to do things. And this is my, I'm going to state my needs. And sometimes you're like, you're making me crazy with this stuff. You know, yeah. can't we just pretend? Can we just smile and pretend that everything's fine? <laughs> I also love in reality TV where people are like, I'll say it to your face. That's a big reality TV line. And I'm like, please never say it to my face. Please just talk mean about me yeah. in the car on the way home. That's, my much, <laughs> that's what I would much prefer. Because like, I don't necessarily want to process everything you don't like about me out loud. That's that's not my vibe. I saw the funniest um Instagram reel that it was like uh, people getting together. It's like the most important conversation is the immediate family conversation after the relatives leave on Thanksgiving night. And it was like everybody sitting down on the couch and like tenting their fingers and like sitting down for a very (laughs) serious conversation about how annoying everybody who just left is. And it made me laugh because, of course, like you do that. But then it then it dawns on you eventually like, oh, and that's also being said about me. Mm -hmm. 100%. (laughs) My kids or whatever. when, When we leave. Hmm, it kind of works both ways. I heard a few years ago, well, in 2016, my dad died. And so if you've ever had a family member, you know, an immediate family member pass away, I think what, and this was our first, it was my first time. And I'm assuming this is fairly common in families when this happens, you know, everybody gets together and emotions are through the roof and people tend to not act like their best selves. And, and I've, I've heard from therapists that this is fairly common even if it's not for a funeral, even if it's for the holidays, people, when you get together with your siblings and your parents and your immediate family members, you tend to revert back to the whatever role you had when you were a lot younger. I am the youngest of five, and there's a pretty big age gap. Gap. I was a second, it was a yours, mine, and our situation. I was the only child from my, my parents' marriage. And so I am the baby by a lot. And I believe bless my brothers and sisters, that they still see me as a six-year-old. Right. <laughs> <So> <laughs> she can't take care of herself, you know, all of those things. And so I overheard, I will not name who, who it was, but I overheard someone on the phone with someone else in our family talking about me. And let me tell you, you don't want to hear what people say about you behind your back. No, but I mean, it didn't really surprise don't. me what they said because it it kind of went in line with like how the vibe was. Mm. But it, what I realized in that moment was it really didn't have anything to do with me. Like it mm. still hurt more than many things I've you know experienced in my life. But I, I almost am, am glad that it happened because I was like, oh, this is about you. Like this is about like your projection, your reflection of yourself, you seeing this in me and you don't like it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if I'm explaining it very well, no, but it absolutely. was- I would rather the whole experience not happen, to be honest with you, <laughs> but there was a takeaway. I have no, a I- child who's extremely rigid about certain things and is also very into movies and likes to quiz people about what movies they like. And 
kind of gets very fiery around people who don't like the right kind of movies. And at a recent holiday, someone responded, oh, that's just not made for me. And it's something that he has really adopted. Like, well, maybe that's just not made for you. Like, Mm -hmm. it really helped him adjust his kind of rigid thoughts around what people should and shouldn't like that the introduction of this idea that like and it it's like that opinion wasn't made for you in a way you know i mean that is an opinion that is coming from a very specific point of view and family roles which are we've talked a lot about on the podcast that are very deep and hard to move the boundaries mm-hmm. on and that i think there's a lot of use in the feedback from the messaging Facebook distant relative in the conflict between um, someone who insists that the holidays only work if the tree is placed here and this is on the table, that that opinion was not made for you. I, I've adopted it as my mantra recently. <laughs> it's working very well for me. I love that. I have a brother, by the way, Andrea, who's 19 years younger than than okay. I am. So you're the youngest of five. I'm the oldest of six. Okay. And uh and absolutely, I mean, you're right. So he is he's a dad of a three-year-old with another baby on the way. And he's a fantastic dad. But I am on the regular, like, you know, stunned in my daily activities. Like, wait, how could he's having another like he's a father of two? Like it seems impossible to me because he's, it, six he's years a old. child. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> He's but a babe and and he's not, he's definitely old enough to have two kids, but not in my head. And I'm sure in his head, I'm like the bossy know-it-all have to do everything I say. And, you know, kind of annoying, might as well just fall in line. Whether or not I'm like that on a given day, I'm sure that's how I'm perceived. Yeah. And then sometimes within these family structures, the way, the way I don't remember, I think maybe it was you, Margaret, that was talking about, you know, the drive-by of like, well, I can't believe she said that about you. You know, like <laughs> I, I look at those as like someone throwing a grenade and just, you know, like walking away yeah. to see to see what happens. I actually, I have someone in my life that tends to do that. And it took me a while to realize that that's what they were doing. And uh, it actually kind of came to a head during that time that I just described with my when my father passed away and, you know, just emotions were hard. And I may have blurted out or something like that like that's not nice like that or that was mean i think i i might i might have said just out of like sheer hurt that this person said that and i have realized and i'm curious what this looks like for the two of you around boundaries and having those hard conversations and having to come up with the right words and not be confrontational or maybe you are i don't know maybe that's the way you do it how or have you even if you haven't had the experience, like if one of your kids came to you and said like, hey, how do I handle this? Like, what are your thoughts on like the boundaries and like how to say certain things? We just had this on our Facebook group, someone talking about exactly this situation, like a drive-by, super insensitive topic. And one of our listeners commented, I love the phrase, I can't believe you said that out loud to me. Mm -hmm. And I think... I really, it struck me as so useful. And I think a lot of times this is another, like my mom therapist thing that dealing with passive aggressiveness, that if you take it completely seriously, that it kind of diffuses it. So the relative who's like, well, um, I guess Christmas is ruined because you won't come for the holiday that the response to that 
as opposed to getting into the debate of, but it should, doesn't have to be ruined. Where uh, maybe we could come for an hour is, oh, that that does sound really hard. I'm really really sorry that that's how it's going to be for you. That you take <laughs> things at extreme face value, yeah, and it undercuts stuff. And that I think you can also say to people, well, that's really hurtful that you said that to me. Yeah. And that let them sit with it for a minute, because I think what we tend to do is protect the other person's feelings. And that as sometimes as women, sometimes as Irish Catholic people, sometimes as just the way we operate, we jump straight to it is always my job to make the other person feel better. And that if you can take a pause sometimes with people who are bringing you true crazy and either say, Oh, that really hurts me. Is that what you were intending to do? Or mm-hmm. say, I'm really sorry that that's how you feel about that. It. My problem with this is that I'm just very sarcastic and kind of... We're Gen X. We can't help it. Gen X, exactly. <laughs> so it's hard to be like, oh, well, thank you so much for letting me know how you feel. I'm sorry that it's going to be that hard for you. We'll see you, as you know, in March. That's our next visit with you. That being able to take things face on, I think, can diffuse the power of the person who is trying to guilt you into things. What is so hard about that? This is where I get stuck. You are you are living with that. You are sitting with the possibility that they will continue to be mad. I mean, I, lo- I love this answer. I think it's a great answer. In situations like this, where somebody else in my family is upset with me, I think I tend to focus too much on making them realize they shouldn't be upset with me. Ah, uh, that I didn't mean it like that, that actually it was a good point or, you know, whatever, like to get out of, get out of jail I'm free. I'm actually nice. I ha- right. I right. No, no, I didn't understand. Right. Until, right. You, until you see that the way I was thinking of it was the correct way instead of focusing on the other person's hurt feelings and being like, well, I'm, well, I'm sorry I hurt your feelings and, and sitting with that, right. Being very matter of fact about that part of it is I'm realizing uh, the part that I miss sometimes. That's a lot of unlearning. Like, mm-hmm. I, and I, I just want to like pause there for a moment, Amy. And, and I wrote a whole book about that. Like, mm-hmm. just the, you know, the conditioning that we have received as women, the social conditioning to put everyone's feelings before our own, um, even to our own detriment, like huge detriment is ingrained in us for decades. And I think, you know, it's just now barely starting. We're starting to move the needle with these younger generations with, you know, maybe more so with Gen Alpha. I don't know. But it's, I I just want, and for anyone who's listening, who really struggles with that, who really struggles with saying that, you know, cleaning up whatever mess or saying, or just acknowledging the other person's feelings without doing that hustle of trying to make them like you and, and all of that stuff. That those are some hard lessons. It is it is really hard to unlearn that and and bypass that sinking visceral feeling that you have of I'm in trouble or this person now hates me. Cause that goes down to like, I'm not gonna be loved by this person, which mm-hmm. can feel you you fall into shame, which can feel like you're gonna die. Like, and I'm not trying to be dramatic. Like mm-hmm. legit, that's right, how it right. is. It's a mine shaft all the way down. A hundred percent, like a trash shoot. And so I just I just have immense compassion for people who who really struggle with that. It's a lifelong process. And I also want to say this too. I've said this on the show, and I think it's worth repeating. I, as someone who does this for a living, I would so much rather have a hard conversation with the two of you, with my neighbor, with my kid's teacher, with the UPS driver, than my mother or my sister. Like I will procrastinate on that 
until the day I die. I'm like, nope. There's something about like our immediate family, just the emotional impact that it can have. I think like the cost is so high. Again, just having compassion for people who may even know exactly what needs to be said, but just have a really hard time actually following through on the action. Right. Because you're sitting on top of so much dry tinder in those situations. The stakes aren't that high with your neighbor or with right. the lady at the PTA or whatever it happens to be. But I mean, I know with my sisters that we can start a conversation. My husband always laughs about this. My sister and I were sitting around and I said eh, something, something. And I don't even remember what the conversation was, but two seconds later, we were screaming at each other and someone stormed out. And my husband just stared at me and said, I, I do not understand what just happened there. And it, we have so many, we have shortcuts to like joy as well, which is the great side of it. But we have a lot of shortcuts to anger and resentments mm -hmm. and mom always loved you better or you were always the one who got A's and I didn't and I did that. Whatever it is, those family situations, the fuel there is so different. A hundred percent. I want to circle back to something that you said, Margaret, when, you, and I actually would love to get more information about this because you were talking about your Facebook group and how someone said that, is it that they respond when someone says something that they don't like, they respond with, I can't believe you just said that to me. Like, can you say more about that? Because I got a reaction with that. I'm like, I don't know if I, that felt a little, I don't know if it's passive aggressive, but a little um, almost confrontational. Like mm -hmm. you want to fight? Like <laughs> that's how I would take that. I think it's definitely a tone issue. And I think the ability to say that really hurt my feelings. Is that what you were trying to do? So you don't come at it from the point of view of like, I can't believe you just said that to me. That's a vibe, right? Which is like, let's start a fight. Yeah. But if you can convey in the way of, because I think people are so used to the dynamic of like, I say something hurtful and you try to make it better, that it, you can disrupt that cycle a little bit by saying, you said something hurtful. Wow, that that really hurt my feelings. Is that... Mm -hmm what you were trying to do and and sort of get to what's really going on and get off of the level where the passive aggressiveness is just ruling the day and the and and saying to people if somebody says in this example it was something about like i am voicing my opinions that your parenting has hurt your child basically that the person may be kind of saying it as a throw off but if you can reflect back to someone are you trying? Are you blaming me for what happened from to my kid? Like that's what you're trying to say, but you're kind of coding it in this other way. And I do think it's very tricky to avoid the emotionality and the conflict of it. But if you can reflect back to people what they're actually saying to you, you can have a realer conversation about it. Are you really trying to say? that what I have done was harmful to my child. Is that where you want to have this conversation from? Okay. Thank you for clarifying that. And I, I do like that a lot. So it's, it, it sounds like that works really well when someone has a pattern or maybe even not even a pattern of being passive aggressive and or sarcastic. Yeah. And I think maybe taking it from the point of view, the example of, I can't believe you said that to me, maybe brings a hostility towards it. And maybe if you can, I do this with my kids sometimes when they are kind of flippant about like, oh, this dinner stunk or whatever they have to say. I occasionally say to my kids, that hurt my feelings. And I find yeah. that it 
completely breaks them out of because they don't really see me as a person with feelings. Right. And so they're doing <laughs> this. And generally, I find that that starts a really different conversation than, you know what? I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear about the dinner. And, and, and I worked hard on this. And mm-hmm. then we're in conflict. If you can break that fire line a little bit and get underneath it and say, oh, that hurts my feelings that I cooked for two hours and you just said it stunk. And then just leave it with them. I think that's the trick. And I think Amy and I have talked about this a lot, that can you leave it there? But it's okay because I know you didn't really mean it. Like you have this tendency to want to finish the sentence and make it okay. And I think when you can live in the discomfort of, wow, that really hurt my feelings. Now it's back on the other person. To either say, I don't care, it didn't hurt your feelings. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. Okay, it did, though. It really hurt my feelings. Mm-hmm. And 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 draw the person into a conversation about what's really going on. Because that fighting and that conflict, it, it kind of doesn't get you anywhere. In coaching, we call that letting it land, mm, where you right. just throw something out. And it's in coaching, it's usually like a really powerful, hard question for the client to answer. And then you just, just shh, quiet. Don't fill the space, even if that person needs several seconds to think about it and absorb it and think about their answer. I love that. And it's uh, and I want to sort of back up on something I said, too, when I made a joke and said, like, we're Gen X, we can't help it. Like, we can. (laughs) We can. (laughs) I think it's just like such a part of our childhood starting place. I Mm -hmm. years ago was a comic and I got an agent and then it was like, let's go to auditions and. I would go to auditions and be like, soft and dry can help you hide when you're nervous inside. And the client was always like, could you say it like you're not making fun of the product? And I thought, I, I don't know that I can. I don't think that's really my specialty. And so, yes. We have Just roasting the product. Which may not be, you know, everybody's favorite go-to. See, and I was very good at that. I did yes. commercials and I was like, Kentucky Fried Chicken or whatever. I could I could make it you can make myself sound you like I meant anything. Right. So there you go. That's my problem. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. I th- I think that was all the things I wanted to to circle back with. I just, I've, I've heard, cause I've, I've heard, it might've been like on TikTok or Instagram reels, uh, people suggesting rebuttals for when someone says something not nice. And I think one of them is something similar to what you said, Margaret. It was something like, that's interesting that you would say that to me. When I first heard it, I was like, okay, I like that. And then I was like, I don't know if I do because it's still slightly passive aggressive. It's the trick it's, of the hostility that's in it. Right. And I think right. you're so right about the tone and the delivery because like, I can deliver the nicest statement and it's hostile. You know, like, yeah, That's and I, the trick of it. Yeah. I think your body language, your expression, your tone, the cadence of your words, like all of that matters. So my son, and, and he gives me permission to talk about this, he's on the autism spectrum and he was diagnosed when he was five. So, you know, we've been um, navigating this for a long time. When I say navigating, I mean like learning about him. And one of the things that I've learned from him that's been so interesting is his he just cannot fathom why neurotypical people wouldn't just say what's there. You know, he's like, why do I have to try to learn people's nuances and, you know, their facial expressions and these social cues? Like, why can't they just say what's on their mind? And, and I'm like, you're right. (laughs) Like, I'm with you. 
Yeah, I have a child on the spectrum as well. And it it is a learning process of, and in a lot of ways, it's better, you know, to say what's on your mind. I think mm-hmm. you don't carry as much as the like, well, three o'clock in the morning, like, mm. well, you think you're so great because you've just said the thing in the moment. But I think that that I, I have used the you're hurting my feelings example with that mm-hmm. kid sometimes. Oh, too, yeah. Of, hey, you know what? When you um, say something, I understand where it's coming from, from you, but that hurts my feelings. It's a learning. I, th- it I is. think you don't want to go through the world hurting people's feelings. Most people don't want to go through the world hurting other people's feelings. I yeah. believe that's true. And so I think when you're able to, and listen, I'm a comic by training. And so I love like goofing on people. I find it extremely entertaining. And I have definitely crossed the line with people where Same. I have said something that, you know, sometimes you reflect something back to somebody that they're really sensitive about and it doesn't go great. And I have had people say, that hurts my feelings. And it's a good learning for me. I mean, I am the crazy maker sometimes. And I think that this is a good way to interact with people. You don't start from like, I want war with you now because you stink as a person. But I think to be able to reflect back to people, oh, that the fact that you showed up 20 minutes late makes me feel like you don't value my time. And the fact that husband, you gave me a diaper bag for Christmas makes me think you only see me as a mom. And 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 these things have improved a lot of my relationships, being able to speak about it, frankly, as opposed to like, for you know, multiple years, which is also a tactic I sometimes use. Right. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm with you on that. We need to take one more break. And when we get back, I want to ask you a big question about going no contact. Be right back. I've taken several classes with Masterclass on things like communication, entrepreneurship, and storytelling, and absolutely loved everyone because of their caliber of instructors and how concise the classes are. With Masterclass, you can learn from the best to become your best. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to every instructor. You can make new habits with New York Times bestselling author James Clear, improve your physical and mental well-being with leading gut health experts, or build stronger relationships with renowned psychotherapist Esther Perez. She is so amazing. I had gotten curious about how to be a better communicator, so I took the Art of Negotiation class with Chris Voss, and it helped me to do things like read body language, read speech patterns, and so much more, so I can better communicate with who you ask? My teenagers. (laughs) Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Don't wait another moment to start your learning journey with Masterclass. Right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com slash Andrea. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash Andrea. Masterclass.com slash Andrea. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota and I am your host for the podcast No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly 
We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. Okay, and I have no idea if you have experience with this. It might be like, nope, don't know it. But I get asked every once in a while, someone will slide into my DMs or ask, you know, via email, I have this situation in my life and here, you know, X, Y, and Z. And when is it time to go no contact like with a crazy maker, with a bomb dropper? What are your, I would love to hear both of your thoughts on that. I have never made that decision in my own life. Um, I have a situation in my life. I'm not going to say very much about it. Just that I think that that there's something I would very much like to talk out with somebody who mm-hmm. is not responding to my efforts. And so it's dawned on me that this is, you know, that this is the response and it can be very painful to be on the receiving end of it. But again, then you need to sit with that is what it is. And my job isn't to like earn my way out of jail. It's to <laughs> it's to sit with that reality. I think it can be very difficult, but I'm I'm coming around to, you know, acceptance that that is the other person's choice to make, whether you like it or not. Mm. Yeah, I think and Amy has taught me a lot about this. I feel like on the podcast is I tend to be the gas can holder and I uh, invitation to a fight I will attend in yeah. full armor with full weaponry and if it's your fight I'm gonna be there cheering you on oh, let's <laughs> go, you know and I feel like I really have learned from Amy and in situations where I have people who I have identified as like oh this person is just sowing chaos I haven't gotten no contact, but I like the concept of gray rocking, low contact, like, mm. oh, we're not available for that. But thanks. Uh, someone calls me. That person's really mad at you because you're not coming. That's too bad. We'll see them at this time. That's when we're going to see them. And kind of, it, I haven't gotten no contact, but I have. I think it's harder when it's a person in your very first circle. And luckily, Agreed. I do not have that situation. If it's a parent, a sibling, that it can be much more difficult. But I have found that this is not my fight. This was not made for me is a great approach and taking things kind of at face, not accepting the invitation. So then when the 30 party calls to say, well, this person said this about you. Oh, that's too bad. They think that way. I'll see them at this thing and be friendly and polite, but I do not accept. I I still will take a good invitation to a righteous battle, but I am not accepting invitations to crazy town. Third party invitations, right? Especially. Yeah. (laughs) The, The invitation to crazy town, like, Oh, let me tell you what Amy did. I cannot. Oh, Amy and I get along great. That's too bad you're having a conflict. Uh-huh. You should call her. Like I I have gotten so much better. And I will say getting older doesn't have a ton of advantages. <laughs> but I think this is one of them. Yeah. Like I am too tired to go to crazy town with you. And so I'm never going to explain to you that you live in crazy town and that I don't want to visit. And so I just let the train pass me by when you are conducting it. I you, The door's open and I'm like, nope, no thanks. I'll be here. Yeah. I, I love all that. Thank you. Thank you. And I agree. I think that I, I've never heard that term. What did you call it? Like gray contact? Gray rocking. Gray rocking. Yeah. <laughs> it's like blank it's facing. It's blank facing. Um, it's that you are an immovable object. And I do think that that, that you are an immovable stone so that you are not 
able to not reacting train to crazy town because you are the gray rock you just kind of are it's it's you're not accepting any invitations to the conflict mm-hmm. and that's the passive aggressive call that you've let everyone down that's the i want to tell you about what your sister said about you yep. you're just not available for those conversations and i think that even no contact can sometimes be a little bit more connected than true gray rocking. No contact uh-huh. is Amy's not speaking to me. No, she's not speaking to me. Amy's speaking to me. But when I try to bring crazy to Amy's doorstep, she does not open the door. That's a good point. I was witnessed and I was in a conversation with some people. There was two people talking and then the one person was talking about anyway i'm not going to explain it well but the response that this person made as they were trying to be brought into you know crazy making is they said that's interesting and i don't want to triangulate in this situation so i'd love it if we just moved on and i was like i love love that yeah and it was just so casual and it also didn't this person didn't bring any blame or judgment to the person who was trying to to make the triangle and i and and it was a little, there was like a, you know, there was a hint of uncomfortableness, like when it was said, but the subject just got, got changed quickly. And I don't know if they in private ended up having a conversation about it. I wasn't privy to it, but I really liked that, that term of, you know, I don't want to triangulate in that, in this situation. So I would, you know, like to just talk about something else. I, I like the stuffing that you brought oh. for Thanksgiving. Yeah. And I <laughs> do recipe. think that people get the memo after a while mm-hmm. that this person isn't fun to play with. She's not going to engage. And so they, and then if you, I think the conflict is a two person dance, as they say. And so you really can drop the rope on a lot of stuff that if you don't pull the other side of the rope, the person has nothing to do. Yeah. It's just they not can as still fun. drive you crazy and you can with your friends or your spouse be like, oh, that person is making me crazy. But you still don't have to actually play the fight with the other person. Yeah. Or like when when your crazy maker in your life is 10 minutes late leaving for the airport and they can't find their phone. And you know what I mean? There's like frantic, frantic, frantic. You can you can help that person find their phone or not, but you can choose not to board the board the plane, right? All, up to the stratosphere of, of frantic, which that can be hard for me to, mm-hmm. to do. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll help you, but I'm not going to like, you know, you know, join you in your uh, high level of emotionality where you like to live because it's very exciting. And right. Amy talks a lot about this with kids and it has been such good advice for me that like, you don't get on the roller coaster with them. You're the person on the side saying, wow, that was a crazy dip. Wow, that must have been scary. But if you jump on the roller coaster with them, you can't help them. Mm-hmm. And so finding yourself as a neutral outsider, it's not that we're all going to live in harmony and never have conflict with people, but that if you find the same people constantly inviting you onto the roller coaster, you can kind of have that. You you think about it in the calm time so that when it comes up, you say, Oh, this is the roller coaster invitation. I'm not going to get on. I, I want to, before we close, and I, I want to say one more piece of advice based on what you just talked about, as I'm thinking about my own personality and my own history in this, is that if I see things that I don't like, like patterns in the family or friendship or whatever, and I don't say anything, 
because I don't want to, you know, I don't want people to be mad at me. I don't want the discomfort of the conversation. And then it slowly rises over time and I get more and more mad. The likelihood that I will explode and have the conversation is very high. So I, you know, it'll happen again. And then I've had enough and it's built up and built up and built up. And then I'm through the roof and my delivery is terrible. And then I have to end up circling back and apologizing. And it's just, it creates this bigger mess. So my advice is don't do that. Say it in the moment. Mm -hmm, (laughs) Have your statements that we've gone over handy bullet point on index cards or whatever (laughs) you need to do to pull them out. Oh, because that is not fun. Just the the aftermath of of exploding, and and especially like we were saying, like when you are used to a certain family dynamic, or even just like a you know a partnership dynamic or a friendship dynamic, if you're used to the same kind of drama or whatever, you're likely to do it again. No matter how evolved you are, no matter how many skills you have, no matter how, how many podcast episodes you've listened to and heard the right things to say, it's still likely you're going to fall back on old patterns if you don't address it soon. Yeah. And I think two other things we've talked about about this on the podcast that have really helped me. Number one, don't have conversations unless you believe change is possible. Mm -hmm. So you are a selfish person is not a good conversation. That person is not going to change as a result of the conversation. And so those are crazy making conversations. Mm -hmm. And the second one is to address behavior as opposed to like root what's going on. Mm -hmm. So I had a friend, we were just laughing about it. We're still friends 30 years later, who in college would show up 20 minutes late for everything. And we were often meeting on like, we were in New York City, cold street corners. And the third time it happened, I just went home and left. And he was so shocked that I left. But I'm like, you're always 20 minutes late. I'm cold. I went home. And he's gotten used to the idea of, oh, I know I have to be on time for this person. And so I don't go into like, you're selfish, you're thoughtless, you don't care about me. If you're late, I won't be there is a much easier solution than here's why you're a terrible person. Yeah. You're like attacking someone's character. Yeah. And maybe you do think all sorts of things about a person's character, but when you talk about my kids, it hurts my feelings is a better conversation than you don't respect me as a parent. Because the person could say, I do respect you as a parent. And then the conversation is over. But you can definitely address behavior like, I would like you to stop making comments about my kids. It hurts my feelings. That that is, You're going to get so much better results than why don't you respect me? Yeah, I I love all of that. Thank you for the takeaways. And before we close up, is there anything else that either of you want to say to make sure that you feel complete before we walk away from the conversation? I should credit my mom who I stole all of this from. <laughs> Your mom the therapist. <laughs> my mom the therapist. <laughs> yeah. I I appreciate this so much and I think as people head into the new year, you know, people tend to reevaluate their relationships. Yep. And I know that my listeners yeah. are always hungry to walk away with with things that uh, will help them in their life and in their partnerships as, as a parent, as parents, et cetera, et cetera. So where can people find you? We know that you have a podcast called What Fresh Hell that they need to go and subscribe to if, um, if they don't already. Where else do you want them to go? You know, our favorite place to send people is to our Facebook group which is facebook.com slash groups slash what fresh hellcast, or you can just search what fresh health podcast on Facebook. We have um, over 5,000 members, mostly, mostly female parents um, that really, we think it's the last good place on the internet, right, Margaret? Like they really (laughs) 
help one another with this kind of stuff. Like my mother-in-law said this to me, like, I'm just here to vent. My mother-in-law said this, it drives me crazy. And, you know, and then 18 people jump in within five minutes. You'd be like, you got this, you know, and then then you go back out to face your day. It's such a warm group. Um, They talk about our episodes, but all kinds of other things too. And um, so if that sounds, that sounds good to you, a warm, supportive parenting space, that's, that's the place for you. Awesome. We love a good Facebook group. I also want to point people to our podcast network, with this, which is adalistmedia.com, A-D-A-L-Y-S-T media.com, featuring a bunch of really great female-facing and mom-facing podcasts, including Make Some Noise with Adrian. Yours truly. <laughs> and uh, there are so many great podcasts to find and discover for people looking for laughs and advice. It is a, gr- a really great lineup. Many of them I know personally, and I'm just, I'm honored to be on the list. Thank you both so much for your time. This has been so fun, and I've loved getting to know you and introducing you to my audience. Everyone listening, I am so incredibly grateful for your time. I know how precious it is. So thank you so much for spending it with me and my guests. And remember, it's our life's journey to make ourselves better humans and our life's responsibility to make the world a better place. Bye for now. Hey, did you know there's free secret podcast episodes waiting for you that are not part of my regular podcast feed? Yes, andreaowen.com slash free. And you just sign up. You get a link sent to you. It's very secret. It's like a secret club. We don't have a secret handshake. Don't worry about that. But it's these motivating podcast episodes that I made for you. They're under 20 minutes each. There's three of them. They're for wherever you are in your life. So head on over there and grab them. They range from really supporting you and seeing you where you are and being compassionate all the way to giving you a giant kick in your ass and telling you how amazing and gorgeous and phenomenal you are. So andreaowen.com slash free and get your hands on that free podcast feed. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory. Two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact impended. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talked to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. And we're not just talking Bob Ross type paint on paper artists here, though we talk to them too. We're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep, oh, get out of their life gunk, and let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. You're not going to want to miss an episode. 
Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking